to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I am joined by with Anandi. I was going to say it. Oh no, I was going to say it the wrong way. Uh, we were having this quick chat before beforehand, and just like my name, Deidre Deidre, uh, Anandi has the same thing. It could be Anandi, it could be Anandi. Uh, but welcome to the podcast, Anandi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right. So I am so excited about this chat um, because I know that you've had this amazing journey in getting to where you are now. But before we get into it, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Of course. So I work with driven and dynamic businesswomen to basically develop bold confidence in themselves through life mapping and business mapping strategies to create a system. Um, of control for them so that they can create a life they are proud of. So that is a very long way of basically saying I help usually women, but I've had male customers too, build out business and then life strategies for success. Because in reality, when you create your business around your life and not your life around your business, everything actually starts flowing more smoothly. Mm, I love that. Wow. And I and I know you're going to have such a fascinating story about how it is that you realized this yourself and, and came to this point. So let's jump into it. Let's why don't you take us back to the very beginning about and tell us how long ago that was for you? Um, because I know that you were working corporate, uh, you were working in marketing, I believe. So can you take us all the way back there and um describe to us almost what led you, what started you down this path? So the thing is, I've, I've always loved my work. When I worked in corporate, I always loved what I do. I started out actually in fashion. I was I did fashion design. I, I got to travel the world. I got to do what I love. But I, they, that and the fashion industry got a point where I was like, where am I going to go to next? What else is there? How can I develop? And that's actually where I discovered marketing and influence marketing and the world, the beautiful world of the digital space, right? And then I joined a really big corporate company here in South Africa. I loved what I did. There was so much opportunity. I really got to work with some of the most amazing luxury global brands, influencers, teammates. I mean, what more could you wish for? Mm. But very quickly, I realized that I was working pretty much, you know, 24-7 for somebody else, for a company where you sit at the end of the year, the financial year, and they're like, well done, you overachieved, but. Uh, <laughs> yes, I and, know that conversation I, well. <laughs> and I think I just got to a point where I said to my um, my then boyfriend at the time, I said, what, what more is there? What else is there? Like, you know, we're living for weekends, but even on the weekends, you're so tired that I actually didn't want to see friends anymore. I I, I would make plans and then kind of cancel last minute because I was so burned out and so tired. And where I used to enjoy going to work, I actually woke up with anxiety 
not just on Monday mornings, but every morning, because I actually didn't want to go into work anymore. I was so afraid. What else is going to happen? What else are they going to expect from me? What else is not going to work out? And I just got to a point where I'm like, this is not how it should be. And I didn't know where to turn to. And it sounds silly. It sounds really silly to look back at it now. But like, of course, Anani, you could have YouTube. You could have found a coach. You could have done this. But when you are in that situation, I'm, I'm sure many um, of the audience members listening in is going to probably feel exactly the same way. When you're in that situation, you do feel stuck. And it actually got to a point where I'm like, I'm going to quit. I have no idea what else is there. But I know that if I don't quit now, I'm going to lose my soul. And mm. that was really that, that crux, that catalyst that started a very difficult but extremely rewarding journey for me. And three years later, I will never go back. Wow. Okay. So you're three years in uh, to transition. And did you make the decision to actually quit and then go into entrepreneurship? Or was it a, a, a transition phase where you kind of like worked on, you know, that side hustle while you were still working? And then like, what, what, what was that like for you? So when I started feeling this, I'm like, okay, is it just a change of jobs? Is it a different company? Is it perhaps a shift in careers? Like when I went from fashion to the beauty essence of marketing. Um, but I kind of felt like, will the grass be greener? So when I quit, it was, I'm going to have to do something on my own. I just had no clue what that would be. Mm. And that was very freeing, <laughs> but <laughs> super, super scary. Because what what I didn't realize, the moment I quit, I'm like, okay, what is my worth now? What is my value? What yeah. is my purpose? Yeah. Who, who is, what, what am I? Because that's who I was. That's, that, that had tangible results. So now take that away and you're like, oh, okay, what is this now? And, and I actually went through a bit of a depression where I was like, sure, what, what do I have to offer people? <laughs> and it was scary, but I think you kind of have to go through it to figure out what sits in your gut and what works. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you basically had had enough in corporate. You just decided to quit, not knowing what your next step actually was. That is so remarkable. That is such a courageous, courageous decision. I don't know if I could have done that, honestly. Um, okay. So no plan. You were just like, yep, I'm going to figure this out. Now I can imagine in the last, and that was three years ago, uh, right? Yes. Okay. So now I can totally imagine because uh, this is this was very much what I went through and a lot of entrepreneurs go through where you're kind of there and you're trying to figure it out and you go through many iterations, I imagine, of your business. Did that happen for you or did you just use this time and you just, you knew when you actually started your business, what it was that it was going to be, who it was going to be for, et cetera? Like which part, what, 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 what was that like for you? Well, to be honest, I actually had no clue. I, I sat down on the couch and I'm like, okay, cool. What now? <laughs> what do I want to do? Because yeah. at that point, I'm like, I never want to do marketing again ever again. I don't want to work in business. I don't want to work in corporate. I don't want anything to do with that life anymore. I think I was just at such a point where I'm like, I'm over it. I'm like, okay, cool. But what is it that I will do? And I remember a podcast or something that I listened to about a mentor or somebody that I really appreciated and, and respected saying, if you are not sure what to charge people for, think about the thing that people always come to you for advice for and mm. charge for that. So I'm like, okay, what can that be? 
And then I remember that my mom and friends would always say, I'm only going to give such good advice about life and coping with things. He would be such a good psychologist. Um, but I, I'm an Enneagram type five. And if, if anybody doesn't know what that is, that is a very overthinking, introverted, very analytical type of person. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to cope with people's therapy <laughs> and giving them advice. I'm going to be like, make, stop making excuses. Get on with your life. <laughs> So I was like, okay, well, what else could that be like? Um, and then kind of coaching came about. Um, and that was something I was interested in. That's something I felt like I could do. And I was going to do life coaching. But what actually happened, which is really, uh, which I'm so grateful for today, is all the contacts that I had made during my time in marketing and influences and relationships, they actually, the, once I actually started telling people I've now left, they came to me and said, look, I need your advice. You were so good at what you do. How can I do that for me? Mm-hmm. And suddenly, without much thought, um, the business started in business. And it was more business coaching and strategy at that point. Um, and it kind of evolved from there very naturally. But what I will say is because it was so natural and I actually did no proper background work, about eight months in, the, the well emptied because now I'd helped everyone mm. and there was no one else because I hadn't done any marketing at this point. I hadn't done any systems. I had no plan. I was just kind of helping people because I also want to add here that for some reason, again, I don't know why, I was always under the impression that your average person can't be an entrepreneur. You have to be so smart and rich and you have to have all your ducks in a row to be able to be an entrepreneur. So thinking like an entrepreneur was never quite there for me, even though I was doing it naturally. I don't know if that makes sense. But so I didn't really think of, oh, what would a business owner do? I kind of just did stuff. Mm. And as fun as it was and as grateful as I am, not having any strategy did come back to kind of bite me (laughs) Um, about eight months in and then I had to kind of regroup and rethink but yeah so it became a very natural progression which I'm very grateful for but it doesn't always happen that way and I've seen that you know sometimes you do need to kind of sit what is your zone of genius what is it that you are good at and yes what do people ask you for advice but how is the best way to monetize that I'd say yeah, cool. Okay, so you uh, let, let me map this out again. So three years ago, you decided to make this decision to quit. You're this free, independent woman, and yet you were like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I just There was no plan. There was nothing. And then how long did it take for you to actually start to monetize? Because then obviously people started wanting to work with you based on what it is that you know and how you could help them. So how long did that time take for you to actually you know, get some sort of income <laughs> from this? Like I said, luckily, I actually started getting income right from the beginning because the moment people started asking me for advice, I did say, I'm not going to do this for free. I am going to charge you. Um, but I think for when I had that dip in the eighth month in, that was about three months where I kind of had to slow down mm. and go, okay, what is this business supposed to look like? And at that point, I decided to turn away clients the one or two that did come through um which again in in a business world as you never say no to money right but I kind of had to so that I could take that time and go okay what have I done in the last eight months what worked 
what didn't work? Were there a few people that I worked with that I didn't enjoy? What did I enjoy from those that worked really well? And now how do I build this into a system? And I think after that, it was about three months where I started getting back into things. I had my plan. And then I started making slowly. And I think it was about, let's say, all in all, a year and a half in when I was reaching the targets where I was making the same amount of money I was back making back when I was working and more. Um, because then I was doing launches and I'd have obviously hot times versus the slower times. Yes. And then it's just escalated from there. Amazing. Okay, cool. Um, and so when you took that, I'll call it a mini break, the, the three months to kind of regroup, what exactly, what did you kind of come out the other end with? Um, you know, obviously a lot of clarity, but I, I'm just curious to know how that then guided you and your next steps and, you know, in really starting to scale your business. Like what what was that? So I'm going to be honest. I actually went through a phase where I had massive, massive self-doubt. And I think imposter syndrome hit me very hard because, like I said, the, the people kind of became very naturally in the beginning and it was all people that I knew. So mm. working them with them, you had a relationship. But then it came to a point where, okay, now I have to sell to people I don't know. Yes. That is scary. And again, I kind of had that, well, what is my worth? What is my value? Is this really valuable to somebody who knows me from no end? Is this, you know... I think mindset you know, really affected me. Like, can I do this? Can I can I really charge this much? Much, even though I, I know that that is what I I feel that's what I'm worth. You now, would other people see value in that? Do what I have to do have impact? Because I think also in in where I was sitting in terms of strategy and and coaching, there isn't necessarily a direct ROI. It's not like I can say do this and immediately you're going to get the sales, right? It's yeah. more, it's a strategy. It's a plan. It's going to be executed and implemented. And with time, it's going to see success. I mean, very similar to marketing. It's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So I, I really went through this phase where I had to sit and look at my own confidence. What is it that I offer? What is my worth? What is my purpose? And how do I portray that to others? And I mean, something that I've always hated is sales I I hate telling somebody buy from me I'm amazing mm. I, I feel like it's so smarmy I feel like I'm like oh Shane you don't have money I can still <laughs> help you <laughs> yes. not that that's great for business so I think I had to do a lot of mindset and personal development work so that I could feel more confident in selling but without selling mm. and also how I work with people when do I say no when do I say yes because I was very, very fortunate that I did not have to make money. We were in a position where I could have a bit of leeway. And I luckily had quite a nice chunk of savings still saved up. But your average business owner, entrepreneur, or side hustler or dreamer doesn't necessarily have that luxury. But the one thing I always say to my clients now is do not say yes for the sake of saying yes. Because saying yes to that let's say $500 client this month might mean you're saying no to a $10,000 client next month. And yes, we need to pay the bills this month, but how are you using, what is that energy taking up from you? And I had to look at that as well, because having clients that's going to question you, 
that's going to doubt you. That's even worse on your self-confidence and your self-worth. So I think those were kind of the steps I worked through. And in that process, I created something, not that I created it, this exists in science, but I created my own type of mantra, which is called activation energy. And I feel like when you look at your mindset and then build out your business plan and your personal plan, you can create activation energy. Because those are usually the three things that stop you from moving forward. And then I just, I, I, I read um, Mel Robbins' five-second rule book, and I kind of just applied that to my life, the five-second rule. Don't doubt, just do, and kind of just started slow, and the momentum kept building and building. And that's how I moved through that phase and managed to get out the other side. Amazing. I love that. Okay, so now you're on out the other side and hopefully, you know, some of that uh, you've got confidence or building towards the confidence. Uh, you know, you're kicking imposter syndrome to the curb. <laughs> like that's ever like, that's ever possible. <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> that never happens. But let's say you're, you know, you're in five seconds. You're just going to do, do it. I love that. Uh, then what did you do? What Because this kind of segues into what I love talking to clients about, uh, clients do guess about, which is then your marketing, right? What did you then implement to actually start to really grow and scale your business? So can you talk us through that process? Definitely. So it was my two biggest focuses were networking, building relationships with people. And I mean, this was at the height of COVID. So they couldn't be one-on-one uh, interaction. So I had to look to uh, Facebook groups, communities, network, uh, LinkedIn networking. And then the second prong was my social media. I was just building that relationship. So even today, if you follow me on social media, I don't have a big following, but those people, I almost know every single one of them by name because I've built those relationships and they are worth more to me than a big following because they have bought from me. They have brought referrals to me. They have built successful collaborations and partnerships and and, and they've added to my business. So that's really where I started. And a lot of marketing, a lot of the social media, digital marketing tactics out there is it's not supposed to be time consuming, right? It's supposed to be focusing on what's the quick things? How can we make impact with, with small steps? Because everybody doesn't have time. Everyone is time poor. But I will say this. When I put that time in the initial stages of my business into my business and the relationships, those, some of those people are still paying off today. So I believe in sometimes you have to go slower to be able to go faster. And that's really what has been the crux of my success. Amazing. Okay, so let's delve a little bit more into that um, because obviously social media is one of those things that, ugh, like I personally have a massive love-hate relationship with social media. Sometimes I'm like, this is great. And then a lot of times I'm like, what the heck am I like? Why? <laughs> this is just is so much time and all. But so, can you talk us through? You know, because I really love that you're like I know each and every single person who is following me. I know. So, can you talk us through like how did that happen? You know, were you just inviting people to follow you that you had met elsewhere through your networking? Um, you know, were you just as people came across your feed, you were doing something in particular? Like, what does that look like for you and your business? Absolutely. So it was a combination. So if I were meeting people in, in the networking groups, um, I would refer them over to me. Um, but what I also found is when I was in these networking groups, the Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, I wouldn't sell. I would be listening. 
So again, coming back to my personality type, I'm an observer. I'm a gatherer of information. So I would look at what are people talking about? Where are their pain points? What are they consistently um, complaining about? And I'd give advice if it was relevant to, to what I can talk to, which is kind of business, marketing, coaching, et cetera. And I just get some advice. So I was giving a lot of value. I was, you know, helping them, but also finding that balance between what is too much, of course. <laughs> but that really ended up driving the kind of driving people. So my connections, like I mentioned, is actually like they're sitting on social media, but they would very quickly go off to emails. So my emails is actually sitting at much bigger numbers. And that's where my conversions is at. But the social media element was just then, so from the groups, networking groups, if they followed me, great. But on social media, I would be going to my potential competitors, looking at their clients, and then just commenting on feeds, adding mm -hmm. some value. Um, creating conversations. Uh, and then I, I would see a lot of people would start following me based off of that. If I posted something and people would like it, you know, I would message them and say, thank you so much for liking my post. Is there anything specific that resonated with you or anything that you're struggling with that I can help you with? And again, like I say, this is very time consuming and energy consuming, but doing that then, um, I don't have capacity to do that anymore. Um, even though I try to make time every now and then, but doing that then, that intensive work then is what just built it. Um, and again, maybe they liked my post, but they didn't follow me. But that person, I still built a relationship with. And they usually then would end up, okay, please can you email me so we can chat about this further? And they would go into my email list and from there on, it would become a sale regarding it was a digital product or a strategy session or a long-term coaching session or anything else. And that's kind of how I, I built it. So there were times when I would look at social media and be like, oh, I mean, there's people with thousands and tens and thousands of followers. But I've also noticed, and this is coming back from when I worked in corporate from the brands, sometimes there's, again, we know it's vanity metrics, right? Those mm -hmm. 20,000 followers does not equal a conversion. Whereas the relationships you're building could much better, much better be resulting in conversions. Yes, <laughs> love that. Awesome. Okay. And is there anything uh, that you're looking to do any differently in your marketing going forward? I'm actually looking at a little bit of building the social media. Um, I think, you know, it is worth when people do look at it and be like, oh, you only have so many followers, you know, what is your expertise? But what I'm also building at is doing more webinars um, and workshops where people can get to know me. They can see me. Um, what I have to offer, how I connect, because that's where I really do work the best is like on a Zoom like this or even in-person events. Um, you know, a lot of the feedback I always get is people love my energy. They love to hear from me. They love how I connect with them. So I'm going to take that and really capitalize on that and, and build the marketing around that and then see how from there do we transfer them into my funnels? Um, is it, you know, depending on the service or the online course that we want, is it, going into the community that I work with? Um, do we hand, send them over to free resources? So that is really, um, I'm actually sitting with my team next week. We're flying out to Cape Town, which is a coastal city here in South Africa. We're going to do a bit of a team building, breaks, uh, brainstorming. And we're literally just going to look at what have we been doing? What's been working? What hasn't been working? And how do we want to make changes? So again, slowing down a little bit, 
before we gear up for the rest of this year and um, the next quarters of the financial year. Love that. Wow, amazing. Well, Anandi, like you seriously, uh, thank you so much, I should say, for sharing your journey and your story and so openly and authentically. This has been such a pleasure for me to have a chat to you and hear your story, and I'm sure it has been the same for our, our audience. If anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer, where is the best place for them to go? Best place is still my social media, my Instagram. It's Anandi Clarkson. Um, you just send me a DM. I will reply. Uh, and we build a relationship from there. Let's see what I can help you with. And then we take it from there, basically. Amazing. All right, you guys. Well, we will leave that in the show notes. Thank you so much once again, Anandi. And for everyone else listening to us, uh, if you love this episode, please leave us a review, leave us a rating, share it with all your friends, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, dedreeshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.